0: 7-4, Tango Whiskey, 2.6 for 3000, uh, 140 on heading.
1: And and, uh, last year, the Guardian newspaper from England uh, had an interview with him, and he said, that cost me millions, quote-unquote. Is this going to cost Ivan Provorov millions? Like, I know he wasn't benched, and I know he wasn't scratched, but is there going to be a piper that's going to need to be paid for Ivan Provorov at some point here in his career? I doubt it.
0: I just, this probably just not. does not have the fucking moral high ground like that. Once this died down in the media, nobody's going to fucking give a shit, especially in three years when his contract is up.
2: Unless, I mean, it could have an effect, and here's how that would potentially play out, is if he gets traded in the offseason to a team. The Flyers get you know shitty return, of course. He goes to a new team, and he needs to be in a role where he is part of a leadership group, one of the guys that's playing probably a little bit above his head and he starts to distance himself in the same manner that he seemingly has with the flyers. And he plays pretty poorly during the last two years of his contract. In that situation, there could be a snowball effect that this has because not only did he really not reach his ceiling with the flyers, but he's really downgraded when he went to a new team as well. And this May not be a substantial contributing factor, but maybe a factor in kind of his downfall and his effectiveness in the league. That's the argument for it, at least.
1: That's possible, I guess. Um. So I thought about this, and maybe I'm off base. And be honest with me, and and tell me if I am. Jacob Verona was put on waivers. And he was in some kind of substance abuse program thing. Yeah. Yeah. So there were people, there's a couple of people that I follow uh, that are big Red Wings uh, fans. And they really, really follow the team like hardcore. Um, And one of them said, there's no way that Steve Iserman puts that guy on waivers unless he knows. Yes. All the other teams are going to say, nope, not touch." And uh, I was thinking about that. Um, And I was like, you know, he didn't get scratched. He didn't get, uh, you know, sent to the press box or anything. What's to stop the Flyers from putting Ivan Provorov on waivers? And now I I know that sounds crazy. 6.75 million. There's only a handful of teams, five or six, that can actually accommodate that contract. Would any of those teams right now, with how hot the situation is, would the Anaheim Ducks grab Ivan Provarov off waivers? Or is it too much of a hot potato where they say, No, we can't do that at hmm. this time? Good question. <laughs> and then you really and then you really send him a message because now he's uh forget Phantom of the Opera. Wow! If he doesn't like uh, musicals and and things like that, he's going to the be Phantom of Lehigh Valley.
0: No, great! I get to watch him in person now.
2: Yeah, so the you... teams that you're talking about, Manny, would be like what? Buffalo. I'm looking at cat friendly: Buffalo, Arizona, Anaheim, Detroit, Chicago. It's um, about it.
1: Yes, because nobody else has the space to touch him. Right. So that's, you know, 27, 28 teams that are already guaranteed you can't touch them. What are the chances that he can go through with Chicago, who's trying to lose? Anaheim, who's trying to lose? Buffalo, okay, they want to improve, but I don't know, man. I like their defense. I, I think Ivan Provov
2: only fucks them up. It'd be Buffalo and Anaheim probably is the only teams that might consider... Bring him on because they at least have some foundational players there. The other ones are, well, maybe Detroit too. Hmm. I don't,
0: I, you'd feel like you'd get claimed. Like somebody like that going through waivers, but he should right now, today, if it were to happen, you know, four days after the incident or whatever it was, I don't know if he's too, uh, if there's too much nuclear heat surrounding this guy right now that they would, would touch him. That's an interesting question.
2: Don't you get cap relief as well if the player passes through waivers? It's something minimal, but, like, we were talking about this last year with JVR that the team never put him on waivers when they were just so desperate for cap space. Just fucking do it. Now, could he pull
0: his religion card on something like that if you sent him down, put him on waivers and (laughs) sent him down? He'd be like, this is against my religion.
2: Yeah, that was my point last week, was that uh, there's no religion that says that. It's
1: like... So I looked I looked at the box score of the Chicago Blackhawks game and he was like zeros across the board but two shots on goal. But if he went minus 1 or minus 2 the team could always sit there and say, "Dude, you played like shit. You were on the ice for a couple of goals against. That has nothing to do with what you did." And of course that's a bold-faced lie. But legally can they prove it? Yeah, I don't know. See, that's the, I don't think so. It's such
0: a weird uh, mm-hmm. middle ground there. I have no idea.
1: And I mean, don't get me wrong. He's not going to spend uh, you know crazy amount of time in Lehigh, but what it what sends a hell a, of a, it sends a good a hell of a message.
0: Let me see here. If he went, to, what is his miners' salary? Proverb. Miner's salary is four point seven. So the Flyers are going to get uh, two million in relief on that one.
2: Oh, that's pretty good. They should just put. I don't know why teams don't put more players on waivers in the hopes that they pass and they get salary cap relief. the
0: yeah, league is not doesn't have the balls to do stuff like that. Yeah, right they don't have the way. balls.
2: Oh, that's exactly right. Is this these guys, Oh, we can't do that. Oh, we're gonna look they, like
0: they, 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 every single team just values meaningless talent for no reason at all. It's not like the fucking NFL where players get cut all the time and shit like that. It's just these they hoard talent even when that talent is not worth hoarding.
2: Mm hmm. So do you guys think that they make uh, an impact trade at the deadline? I, I put out a tweet the other week. Uh, it's very sarcastic about how I couldn't wait until the Flyers procure a fourth or fifth round pick for JVR. And, you know, it's going to be so exciting to see that happen at the 11th hour on the trade deadline. But do you guys think that anything of interest happens or are we just still talking about JVR and Justin Braun and that's it?
0: I think the trade deadline is going to be quiet. I think your best bet was Provra, but I don't think it's happening anymore. You know, not that it was going to happen anyway. You know, it was your best chance of something happening. But you're going to get rid of JVR. You're going to get rid of Justin Braun. Maybe McEwen or something like that. Sedlak is gone now, so it doesn't even fucking matter. But, (laughs) you know, just those two or three guys that you're going to get mid round picks for. Um,. I think that's that's the trade deadline. I don't think you're going to see Provorov or Hayes or, or you know anything like that happen until uh, you know the off season. So yeah, it's probably going to be a pretty quiet trade deadline here, which I'm sure is going to go over swimmingly when the Flyers don't do shit on trade deadline day. Uh, that'll you know be handled well by the fan base.
1: I'm glad you brought this up, Mike, because uh, first to answer your question: it's going to be Justin Braun. It's going to be JVR, and That's it. There might be another bit player here or there. That's it. Patrick Brown. Impact trade. Absolutely not. That's not (laughs) happening at this trade.
2: And it's one of what's like one of the only occasions all year that you can actually do anything. Yeah.
1: No. (laughs) The the interesting thing, though, is and and listen, people are going to be okay with it. We got a third round pick or a second round pick or fourth round pick. Whatever the case may be, they'll be happy with it. Oh yeah, and then we're going to go to the draft. And the draft is when things are going to happen. They're going to draft the guy, and again, we still remains to be seen where they draft. If they draft a, a, you know, between five and seven or five and six, I don't even see them doing anything at the draft. To be perfectly honest, they're going to pick somebody, and they're going to be happy with who they got, and they're going to, yeah, look at who we got. Mm-hmm. That'll be their big ad. They're they're lazy. Mm-hmm. I don't even. They, uh,
0: do you think they're going to get as low as five or seven right now? I think they're like ten right now. They're yeah, I agree, I'm, Dan.
1: I think I'm fingers 10. crossed. I, I'm trying to. Be I mean, there's awesome. still plenty of time like, to
0: to fall apart here, but I think if the season ended today, the they're picking like ninth or tenth.
1: I know, and that's sad. It it crushes me inside. I want them. <laughs> I want them to pick as low as possible, but they'll be happy with that. They'll be like, look at who we got. Mm-hmm. that that that's awesome and then free agency they're not going to have the cap space to run around and go go big fish hunting and then yeah. we're gonna go right back into into training camp and the trial on the aisle and oh yeah look this guy's gonna look awesome dana Oye looks awesome you know uh, great so you don't think so i asked this question on flyers A D
0: and I, I wrote a piece about it as well mm-hmm. like What happens after this season? You know, Anthony tends to lean a little more positive. I think we're a little more, you know... uh, uh, Skeptical. Skeptical. Yeah, that's a good word for it. You you know, they went into this season with the idea of stabilization, right? And in a lot of sense, just past the halfway point here, you've learned everything there is to learn about this team. You know, you know who's a part of this future. You know who can pan out, who's here, who's not. Theoretically... You go into the off-season, and then you work those findings into that. Okay, Hayes doesn't need to be here. Okay, we can get rid of uh, Provrov, but we need to keep, you know, whatever. And then it's about taking the step forward. Okay, you stabilize, now you get better. Now you make these moves. And, you know, but after the last 12 months of this organization's indecision and rejection to get better... How am I supposed to sit here and believe that they're actually going to do something this summer? That they're actually going to fucking get out of from Kevin Hayes and use that money on Dylan Larkin or something like that? You know, it, it just... It's hard to believe that the Flyers are going to do the right thing here. Like, they're going to go into free agency, they're going to clear a little bit, bit of cap, and then they're going to give $12 million to Bo Horvat because he's from the same inbred bloodline as Travis Konecny is. You know, like it's just... I I don't trust this front office to properly compose and build this team and let them take a legitimate step forward this summer.
2: Yeah, they're going to split the baby because that's what they do is they'll bring in like one player for now to replace a Kevin Hayes and then trade for like a 2026 first round pick. Yeah, it's like, like, what the fuck are you doing? (laughs) Like either do one or the other. Uh, either bring in Dylan Larkin and Posternock or whatever you can and overpay to all hell for them to, you know, try to make them your star players or sell off everybody and get first rounders out your ass for the next three years. Like do one or the other, but they're not, they're going to try to continue to do the one foot in one right foot in out. The middle, yep. Because they think for some fucked up reason, <laughs> That, that is the way to go. It has not even come remotely close to working. They haven't sniffed dog shit on that. In fact, they've been dog shit because they've done it. Like, that's what they're going to do. That's what this management will do. They think that that is the correct way to build a team, and no one will stop them from doing it.
1: I'm going to go back to their lazy. That and too. I, and, I, and I say that because they they're happy with doing the one move or two move and then that they're good don't want to rock the boat too much
2: bingo let's see
1: let's see what happens now we still have faith in all these guys on the roster and you know what listen they've they've exceeded my expectations for the season i go back to that bubble when they went to the you know they took the islanders to 7 on the back of carter hart standing on his head and then they go into the off-season, and, do and their, big, their big additions... Eric Gustafson. <laughs> zilch. Yeah, Gustafson. Eric Gustafson, That's who's right. fucking ripping it up with the capitals now. <laughs> I'm deathly afraid that this front office, if there's no changes made, that some of those errors and those mistakes are not going to be lessons learned, and that they're just going to be the definition of insanity and they're just going to keep they're going to go they're going to sell the
0: minor out. improvements as big wins and say well we can keep moving forward with this current team you know maybe add one player or two you know a third mm-hmm. line center because they have enough cap to do so and then call it a fucking summer where well, we like right. going and it we like you know yep. this team we're going to exactly. continue forward with them like that that that's what i think is going to happen this year yeah
2: no the, question about it
1: the danger for me is they're going to look back at the season they're going to do their exit interviews they're going to do all that stuff that they do And in the off season, they're going to do their group think and they're all going to get together in that fucking bomb shelter or whatever (laughs) and, and 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 hold hands and sing Kumbaya. And they're going to say, well, Noah Cates did awesome this year. And you know what? He did. Morgan Frost took big steps this year. He did. So far, I mean, and I know there's like two steps forward, one step back and then period by period, as Anthony was saying. But overall... I don't know. I'm kind of liking more what what, what we're seeing. You know, you've got other young players that are stepping up. Travis Konechny resurgence. And it just goes on and on and on. Cam York. Can they improve again next year? And I'm worried that if they don't bring in. Not by themselves. No, and that's, and that's my problem, is they're going to sit there and say, oh, and our guys are going to get even better yep, next year. Yep, exactly. And then the problem is if you don't surround those guys with the proper veteran leadership, and I'm not talking the veterans that guys that Ron Hextall brought in for veteran leadership, I mean <laughs> legit players that can actually play, to help these young guys continue to get better, because you don't <laughs> want them to regress next year.
2: And I think year two of torts is going to be harder than year one. The new coach thing is, is is not going to be there and it's just going to be a grind. Yeah. And they're
1: going to go into training camp again with torts cracking the whip from the beginning, bag skates for three
0: hours at a time. Yeah.
1: (laughs) And then next season, especially if the flyers, uh, you know, are somehow making, uh, you know, are somewhere in that hunt five, six, seven points away from the wild card. They're not going to be sneaking up on on teams next year. Yeah. They still are this year. I don't know why. And then you're oh, but it's okay. We're going to have Sean Couturier back. Sean everybody. Couturier
0: and Cutter Gautier are going to be here next year. Oh and, God, you know, that's it. That they're you know internal additions. You know, Ellie DeNoye is going to make the jump to three C next year. You know, I, I, just, I, all those things where I'm just like, there's no fucking way this team goes hard in the paint this summer and fucking actually makes worthwhile additions. So there's just, they're, they're, they, they wanted the improvement, they got it, and they're going to ride this minor improvement into next season, and it's not going to work twice. And all yep. of a sudden, you're right back where you fucking started from with mm-hmm. all of this.
2: <sighs> yeah. yeah, that's the philosophy of the organization. It's the, it's the ceiling of this management group. Um, it's permitted by ownership and until you know like something happens there this is just going to be the same thing over and over again like they're gonna they're gonna vacillate between okay you know we're the fourth or fifth worst team okay we're the 13th or 14th worst team okay we might go back to the fourth or fifth worst team then we rise up to the 13th or 14th worst team like that's that's the band that's the tier that this franchise stays in and they're totally okay with it. It makes complete sense to them. They have no problem with it. Money's there, you know, they're hitting their marks. Um, It's, it's God awfully embarrassing. I mean, you know, the rest of the league, you know, national commentators are basically just discarding the flyers as just this middling below average team. And that's where they'll always be. and, you know, they've gotten some pushback. Elliot Friedman has said when the when the season started, the best thing the flyers can do is get a very, very high draft pick. And they probably won't. It's just <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just terrible. It's unbelievable, but it's permitted, and it's just it's so frustrating to watch a team operate like this without the the willingness to kind of take a chance in either direction. Yep. That's the that's the biggest issue.
0: Yeah, Anthony was you know, they're gonna move Provrov and they're gonna get rid of most of Hayes's contract and they're gonna have all this money and they're gonna go in and make sure and I'm just like that's what, what should the fuck's happen. coming here. But like I just don't believe for a second it's going to. I, I don't believe that this front office is going to make any kind of outside significant upgrades. It just it, just, it doesn't feel like it, especially if Fletcher's still employed. And at this rate, he's fucking gonna be. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, all these... And that's... This is a whole fucking different thing. Like, Fletcher, you know, he survived the 10-game losing streak. Like, I'm sure there was some internal pressure at that point because they had to make a decision sooner or later if things got even worse, than they did. But when the second they said, oh, you know, it's gonna be after Christmas, it's gonna be after the World Juniors, like, all that was was buying time. You were yep. just... We don't want to fire this guy. We don't want to make a decision. We're going to push it off for three weeks and hope things turn around so we don't have to make it. And that's exactly what happened. And then they go on and they beat the California teams a couple times. Now they beat Arizona. You know, like, you racked up. They've been winning games, but it hasn't really been against Tom Competition. They took down the Capitals once or twice. What the fuck knew. do? You know, you're winning games to inflate everything and all that's doing is is keeping Fletcher employed. Like this guy's not getting fired before the end of January now. It's not gonna happen. It wasn't gonna happen to begin with, oh, but God. it's certainly not gonna happen now. Like he's gonna go into the I trade think- deadline. Like and the next opportunity you have to fire him is at the end of the season. Maybe if they miss the playoffs again and it ends up being by a substantial margin by the end of the year, maybe you can pull that trigger then, but I, I don't I don't think this guy's seat is fucking even remotely hot right now. If he survived that 10-game losing streak, there's there's clearly no plans to remove this guy anytime soon. I think your best bet is right after the season ends, and if he doesn't get canned then, then he's going to go into another fucking summer in charge
2: here. Holy fucking shit! You You know? know. (laughs) He's done enough. I think he's done enough. This team has done enough. They've shown enough on the ice that says our front office knows what they're doing. Our front office they has got made to the, the appropriate changes. Yeah. They stabilized. They've hit all their goals. We've seen a change in the team dynamic enough of one that will permit us to allow him a full trade deadline and a full off season to continue with him. I think th- <laughs> I I'm totally on board. But I don't. Yeah, I don't. I agree. To, I don't think his seat is remotely hot. No, not at all. I don't think I don't think it's getting hot at all. I think he's just has you know he can do whatever the hell he feels like doing, which is pretty much nothing. Yep.
1: See, and and I was about to ask you, does he make the trade deadline? And I'm, I think he does now. At this point, there's no way he's getting canned in the next six. Weeks. No way. There's no way. And then it re- it just it reinforces, based on history, what's he gonna do with the deadline? He's just gonna get rid of the contracts that he has to get rid of.
2: Yeah. And not
1: it's... a goddamn thing more. Mm-hmm. He's gonna do the bare minimum. Mm-hmm. He's gonna he's gonna ship out JVR. He's gonna get rid of Braun and that's it he might get rid of another bit piece or two and that's it
2: yeah because that's because that's the minimum amount of planning to do it's the natural progression we mentioned this a couple months ago it's the natural thing to do it's it's robotic in nature
1: and And if you and if you recall last year at this time what was everybody saying oh don't worry He's planting the seeds. Oh, he's, yeah. he's having calls. About laying, the he's yeah. laying the groundwork. He's laying the groundwork. the fuck out of yeah. here, Dad. Yeah. He's doing the road work. Like he's fucking rocky, fucking running yeah. in the sweatsuit down, down the road in the middle Penn of the PennDOT you know, working dawn. on
2: 202. Yeah. <laughs> the tree yeah.
0: deadline is yeah. March 3rd, which is exactly six weeks from today. It's
1: on a Friday. So six weeks oh. from today. He's totally. There, he's not getting fired. Guys. He's not getting fired before the trade deadline.
0: There's No, no way! way. Yeah. There's I no can't way.
1: believe this.
2: He's staying through the oh, season. I can. He's, I can believe it. He's riding the coattails of basically a, a new veteran coach, maximizing every last drop out of a below-average roster. And they're That's not. Good, I don't is.
0: think this team's going to have another massive losing streak again this summer, or for the rest of the season, rather. I think you are probably going to see a pretty five hundred hockey team from here on out. You know, and as long as if they lose two, but then win one, you know, the pressure's not uh, there's no pressure. There's no pressure to fire the guy, you know, without another losing streak. And I really don't think God. this team has it in them to lose 10 in a row again or, or, or you know, completely tailspin. I, I just don't think you're going to see it. This guy is here for at least the remainder of the season. And great.
2: So here's the, how the fuck is Kevin Hayes scoring right now? 40 <laughs> like. points in 44 games or something like that. What the game. hell it, it, this has got to be just like, you look at the guy he's got above average size and that's pretty much it. You, you, like I don't get it. You know, at some point s- certain players on bad teams have to score. Somebody's putting the puck in the net. Somebody's getting the opportunities. Um, I got to imagine that this is a combination of that and other teams still just not taking this team that seriously. Um, I don't know. How do you guys explain the Kevin Hayes phenomenon? He, I, he has 40
0: points in 45 games right now, but I don't even feel like he's scoring with any kind of regularity. <laughs> it doesn't feel like he's producing 40 points on the season. He's a point-per-game guy somehow, but, yeah, I mean, looking through it, he is. They had trick against Anaheim, sprinkling in enough assists there to to make things work, so... I don't know. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> he's such a fucking adventure this year. You got, you know, he's an all-star and point per game guy, just shy of a point per game guy. But simultaneously, he's butting his head with his coach, and you know, he's got the contract now that's gonna get traded. And it's just like, what a fucking mess. Uh, his plays, but all in my ice him. overall. Like, I don't I know if they st- keep him or not. I have no idea.
1: I was going to say he got the hat trick in the uh, pride game, but you wouldn't have known it because something happened that day. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, (laughs) Ristolainen had had the shorty. That's what uh, I had a great
1: game, too. Like you figured that guy should be pissed off, too. I had an amazing game.
0: And this people now are
1: finally (laughs) starting to, to come around and say, you know what? He's really not playing that bad.
0: A couple mm-hmm. people are. Most people are still mm-hmm. trying to. There's like so there. many
1: players that have a, a reason to be angry, <laughs> and they just <laughs> I don't know. I, <laughs> yeah. th- do you think part of it is uh, the move to left wing, like not as much uh, defensive responsibilities? It probably it's helps, easier yeah. um, on. Um...
2: Maybe I mean he still doesn't really seem to offer much. I just I look at a player like Kevin Hayes. I don't see anything there in terms of ability in in the offensive zone. Like the thing that. The thing that I'll remember about Kevin Hayes as a Philadelphia Flyer is that, in terms of on the ice stuff, he was able to shield the puck well on the penalty kill and kill time. Like that's his thing. I remember like, the 1920
0: no... version of Kevin Hayes, the really good, you know, two-way defensive penalty kill guy. That, that, that's that's how I mm-hmm. think about him. Like. And he really doesn't even have that aspect to his game much anymore. He just kind of exists now. He's just a dude that somehow racks up a ton yeah. of brains. <laughs>
2: well, if there's no dynamic shot. Like, there's no offensive explosion. There's no creativity. There's fast, no. He's not. There's creative, no skating yeah. ability. He's he's just kind of a big, big dude that can shield the puck and, you know, has, has some ab- above average talent spurts here and there. And that's why. I don't know. I'm still skeptical about the Flyers being able to trade that contract. I, I don't think that this one season is pulling the wool over the eyes of other general managers. I just they're going to you know, have to
0: retain money, whether you you know if they move them, they're going to have to retain. And it's about kind of the Flyers still getting a good end of that deal. You know, retaining one or two million rather than three or four. You know, rather than and half the question fucking
2: contract. is. The question is, what do they do with, so let's say they do that and they have this extra cap space. What are they doing with it? All they're going to do with it is to make up for other mistakes in other areas. And they're just going like, to
0: sign a Nick Deloria clone. Like they're, they're not going to
2: spend no. it on on Dylan Larkin. They're not going to spend it on Pasternak. They're just going to use that extra three and a half, four million on all the other mistakes they made on other players to make up for that. Yeah, pretty that's much. all that is. So then why the, it's just it's just, it's a cycle of ineptitude. Yeah,
0: you just described the Philadelphia Flyers like
2: <laughs> I mean, that's the thing is like when he traded Scott Hartnell for Umberger, which is ridiculous, but I thought that. When the rumors started to happen about Hartnell getting traded, that, that money was going to be used in some way, some significant way. But you just replaced Scott Hartnell with a lesser player and then bought him on, out a, similar, <laughs> on a similar term. Yeah. What the fuck are you doing here? It like just made no sense. And like, that's what I'm afraid of happening here is you're just kind of moving those deck chairs around, so to speak. Uh,
1: does it even make sense to get rid of Ke- Kevin Hayes? And, and I, I'm only asking that because in an ideal world, yes, because you want the 7.1 million. And okay, you're going to have to retain 2 to 3 million of that, but whatever. Who are they replacing him with? Cutter Goutier. Like, oh, we don't even know if he's a center, though. That's the whole thing. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm looking at, uh, you know, so you're going to dip into what, free agency? So what do we got at center? Jonathan Taves.
0: <laughs> the flyers are gonna do that they fucking totally are
1: you know he's 35 the corpse
0: Jesus. of jonathan taves with cte leaking out of his ears
1: yeah ryan o'reilly and and uh last i think it was last week or two weeks ago apparently st louis is uh is really wanting to keep him does
2: he and this isn't know? the team for o'reilly i this Not is anymore. A, this no is a Five years fit. ago
0: when they first wanted him, that would have been lovely, but uh,
2: yes, yes. <laughs> I
0: think it's a yeah. little like, late do you, now. Yeah.
1: Do you want an over-30 center to come back
0: here? Well, like, you already it have is. Sean Couturier in this mix. That's the problem with that. You already got a fucking 30-year-old broken-down center here. I don't think you need more than one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's right, Dan. <Ben. laughs> so, so let me go down the list. Sean Monaghan.
0: Not anymore. I don't think he interests no. me as much as he used not to three or team. four years yeah. ago. Yeah.
1: Dylan, Lark- Dylan Larkin. Sure. Yeah. If available.
0: he hits a free agency, you throw whatever the fuck you want at that guy. Yeah.
1: Pierre Luc Dubois.
0: He's not playing for Torts again. That's right. He won't play for Torts.
1: Ooh, I didn't
0: even think about that. Great point. I mean, so he's totally off the for, table. He's off the for table. Me, yeah.
1: For me, he's not even a one C. He's man. going to
0: Montreal anyway. That was always the story on that he's
1: one. He's a two C hmm. for me. Yep. I agree. Mm, Jordan Stahl oh my god, yeah. no, really crazy He's got to be barrel. like forty
0: years old, right? He's he
1: Thirty-four.
0: That's eh, a little younger than I thought he would be. Bo Horvat, I don't want to pay that one, Bo Bo that one. Scares me. That one scares me because the connections there with Kinnockney, he's gonna have free agency. He's gonna be, you know, he's the, uh, a passable top six guy, but not really that good. And he's gonna get a shit ton of money. That one scares me. Horvat, I, I think if he makes it to free agency. That's the one. I think that's the guy. And I think that is a gigantic mistake for the Flyers to throw uh-huh. boatloads of cash at that guy. But that that's the one guy I think I could see. Um, if Larkin doesn't make it, I think Horvat is going to be uh, God. a tempting option for the Flyers there.
2: See, he and then every, <laughs>
1: everybody else, it's like, okay, Dylan Strom again. Pius. Suter. I'd take Dylan Strom. I think Dylan Strom's is isn't he? He's 25. Got to be. but 26. 26. I'm just going down the list here and then it's just like uh, Craig Smith Pius Souter, Max Domi, like nothing. It's really dropping off now. Mm -hmm. Patrice Bergeron, he's not coming. Uh, Irakala, Chittle Barbashev, but he plays every forward position. Yeah, I mean, if Larkin's available... Then, yes, you do find a way to trade Kevin Hayes. Do you do that for Bo Horvat? I don't like it only because Bo Horvat's no. going to get paid more. Yeah. He's going to get eight. Isn't and he your like net isn't that much higher?
2: 29 or something, too. Isn't he a little older? 28. 28. <sighs> yeah, unfortunately, like the Flyers just haven't built a team that really anything makes sense cuz it, it's so backwards if if they were another type of team that had a, dif- a different roster composition some of these names might make sense you yeah. know to plug and play and you're looking to fill in you know middle six spots on center and maybe wing and you know maybe second pair d like you know that's fine because you've already taken the time to build it appropriately but we're trying to like this is why this jigsaw puzzle will never ever, ever make any sense with the way the Flyers built. We're trying to just, it's constantly square peg, round hole, and it's just, it's missing pieces, or there's too many pieces. You're going to overpay for it. the
0: guys that aren't right for the role, like Horvat. You know, that's exactly. a, that's and a two or three C when now. you need a high end so You're going to pay this guy fucking $10 mm-hmm. million. You're going to get rid of Hayes, retain money on him, mm-hmm. and then pay Horvat even more money to come in and play an equal or mm-hmm. lesser role than Hayes already does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's pretty on brand. Yeah. Uh.
2: Yeah, it's a good exercise, Manny, to take a look at this stuff because this is what they should be doing. I don't even know if the front office is even aware of the free agents. <laughs> <You know? laughs> they haven't even thought about it yet. Oh, it's only January. We're not gonna look at it that yeah. We'll wait till the day before free agency starts to figure out who's on the market. Yeah. yeah, that's that's what they do. But it just goes to show, you know, you have, I don't know, kind of a middling class here, but there's some names that could make sense, but not for this team. Nothing makes sense for this team other than getting first li- bona fide first line players.
0: Larkin and Posvarnok are the two names out there, and, and there's that's a good, it.
2: There's a good chance neither one of them hit fucking free agency to begin with, yeah.
0: you know. And they're not Larkin fucking the, coming here. Larkin's the Michigan kid. He's you know last I think there was just a rumor the other day that. uh The most recent offer was not well received by the Larkin camp, but I don't know. There's just Stevie Y playing games. I can't imagine this guy leaves Detroit. And Posternock, by the last rumor I heard on him, is that they're working on a fucking extension. If both of those guys are off the market, like, there are some names out there, but nothing, you know, overly worthwhile.
2: Nobody wants to come here. Uh, Who the fuck wants to come for the Flyers now? And people were talking about this being an overblown thing years ago, even during the Hextall era. But like, who the fuck? I think it's like, a
0: pretty serious problem these days. Yeah. Yeah, like, maybe, maybe back then there was still something worth salvaging, but I think these days, mm-hmm. you know, uh, there's a the reputation is probably not as good as it uh, was. Cause nobody uh, to
2: play with. Like, they're not going to come and they're not going to play for Torts. I mean, they might, but nobody he's wants not to play for draw torts. Nobody here.
0: fucking gives a shit about Travis Konechny outside of the uh, fan girls and the Philadelphia Flyers fan yeah. base. Nobody gives a shit about this. play. like,
2: like no one's like, oh, Lawton and San Oh boy, are here. we get to come yeah, play with like, Ivan oh. Provorov. Oh boy, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. nobody wants that. Like, there's nothing here. You look at other organizations have star players to attract, and I always go to Phillies' examples and how, you know, the Phillies have really— You bring really in Harper,
0: and Harper w- brings in uh, Real Muto, and Real yes. Muto brings in uh, uh, Turner. Schwarber and, and— All this stuff Cassidy. kind of adds up, yeah.
2: Exactly. Like, it starts to build when you do it the right way, and you get the right players in. Like, no one's coming to play with Provorov and Sanheim and Scott Lawton. Nobody for Cootsie. Nobody the fuck wants to play with Katuria either. Like, no one cares. It's almost
0: like they it, should have added Goudreau into Brinkat
1: last summer to build that inc- reputation, but no. But the crazy thing is that there's fans out there that are like, we're only six points yep. out now. Yep. Good. So Boston kicks the living shit out of you in round <laughs> one. In four games, by the way. Oh, yeah. The, the Flyers, Flyers wouldn't won't survive
0: this one. one. Not
1: even close. They won't win one. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Four game, And you're happy with that. That's, that's a good season. Yes, it is for them. That's what people forget.
0: That happened in 2018, too, with the Penguins. When people were so fucking yep. excited that they made the postseason, they got their shit absolutely rocked by the Penguins – When in reality, all that did was mask how fucking bad that team was and how fucking bad Dave Mm -hmm. Haxtell was at that point. And then they went into the following year with the exact same team and they fucking fired everyone in November and December because, spoiler alert, the playoff series didn't mean shit. Mm -hmm. It's exactly what happened back then, and you're setting yourself up to do it again this year.
2: Yeah. I think that they operate in their own world. I don't think that the Flyers, at least for the past almost decade, consider anything else that the division's doing, the rest of the league is doing. They have their little narrow track of, we were here this year and we want to get a little bit better the next year. And that's kind of, you know, the ladder that they climb is just strictly internal. They don't care what the Rangers do, what the devils do, how those organizations uh, are competing with them. Uh, Everything is inside of their own scope. And and it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous because you're not competing against yourself, but apparently they they measure themselves against themselves only. And that's it. (laughs) Which is just, I don't know how you, I don't know how how they have a successful franchise now at this point. Who the fuck is going to these games? I mean, honestly. Just random
0: people that don't give a shit.
2: (laughs) I don't know who, why are you going to see this team? what the fuck is the draw like, gritty you
0: <laughs> you gritty, see, you see, gritty throw a cake at Paul Bissonnette and,
2: and you see a middle six that uh, maybe is you know, shitty okay, hockey team well.
0: that nobody cares about
2: it's yeah. just it's just really weird to me it's like oh yeah i want to go watch the middle six hit their ceiling <laughs> like <laughs> what the fuck
1: yeah absolute best <laughs> yeah it's like, <laughs> come on, it's
2: like, this isn't pro, this is a recreational developmental league, and it's developing into nothing.
0: Like, so that's the thing with a lot of like, and not the shit on Morgan Frost, I know mean, he's gonna take a stray in this whole thing, but like, oh, like Morgan Frost is playing better. I'm like, who could possibly fucking care that Morgan Frost is playing better? Uh, it's just, I, I've I've only watched a couple of games since Christmas, just because there's nothing worth fucking watching anymore. You know, a slight improvement from Morgan Frost doesn't do it for me at this point as a fan. Like, I'm so over this little fucking petty bullshit wins. And I don't want to see that. I want to see a fucking good hockey team. I want to watch good players play good hockey and win games that they deserve to win. I don't give a shit that the Flyers beat the fucking Ducks. That doesn't matter to me. (laughs) It's just... Mm -hmm. You're so over the fucking little petty fucking moral victories all the time. Give me real victories with real players.
2: And I don't think they can hit these players. They can't. I mean, a guy like Morgan Frost is a good example. He can't hit his ceiling without playing with better players. Like the guy has some 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 seriously good natural talent, but. He can't do he's it without... He's never going to
0: succeed without a proper yeah. team around him. He, he's going to have these highlight reel moments. He's always had them. You know, it, Morgan Frost is not an untalented player. It's just the consistency's not there, and the music between the notes isn't there. And a lot of that doesn't exist because he's fucking on a line with JVR and Owen Tippett right now. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the, you're you're not setting this guy up to succeed. You know, if you brought in a... David Pasternak this summer and put Frost on Pasternak's wing, you know what? He's probably going to look like a pretty good fucking player there. If you give this guy legit stars to build around, and I think Owen Tippett's the one guy on this team that really suffers from this. You know, the guy with all the skill in the world, but nobody to kind of bring the best out of him. And if you put Tippett with Dylan Larkin and Cutter Gauthier next year hey you know what you may have a legit 25 to 30 goal guy here in the, but you're not going to see that on this current roster with these current players because they're just not good enough you got a bunch of guys like Tippett and Frost together are good but neither one of them are good enough to elevate the other one past that certain level that they're at and then you're stuck and you're stuck with this current team and that's the thing with the stabilization you're halfway through the season we've seen everything there is to see and it's about trying to get more out of this team and I'm I do not believe for a second Chuck Fletcher and these assholes in the front office are going to make the proper additions this summer. And in which case, we just sit here watching a whole another fucking year next year with the same takeaways. Oh, Tippett can be good, but he's not there yet. Frost can be good, but he's not there yet. It's just, you know, at what point do you sit here and go, hey, maybe you got a talented team here. Let's try and squeeze something out of these shitheads. I, I just, ah. It drives me fucking nuts the way this organization just runs in circles like this. Because they could be so much better than they are with just one fucking competent person in the front office making the
1: decisions. Mm -hmm. (sighs) These other teams are still way ahead of you, and they're making additions.
2: Yep. And they're getting better draft picks. The ones that are behind you are getting the high-end players in the draft coming up, which are huge game-changers. Huge. Columbus adds Goudreau and then still finds a
0: way to add Bedard. <laughs> you
2: know, it's like, I would not be shocked. I mean, they're like, right in. I mean, Columbus is going to be, they're going to have a a great chance at Connor Bedard. Yep. Oh, yeah. Way better chance than the Flyers. And if they don't get Bedard, they're going to be in like the top four. Yeah, top they're three. still going
0: to get a high pick regardless.
2: Still really good. Like, like, you know, the one year they get injuries, fine.
0: Which the you Flyers know, caused, it, by the way. That's the one ironic part and all of that. The flyers injured a vast majority of the people in
2: that team. Ugh. That's gonna be an interesting organization, you know. It's like and and they kept oh all this bullshit last year about, oh, we're having a down year, we're gonna you know, we're taking advantage of it by getting our high pick and yeah. Hey, um, yeah, it's like well, you need to take advantage of it this year for fuck's sake. Like this year's better. Like, what are you doing? You know? Figure out a way to position yourself to get the players. Yeah.
0: <laughs> like now, now you're just going to draft 10th overall, some random fucking dude. It's never going to be anything. It's just like the hextall era. Now you're you're right back where we fucking started from with Hextal. You got a roster that just is nowhere near bad enough to fail and nowhere near good enough to succeed. And you're going to draft some random dude who's never going to fucking be anything. And
1: Purgatory.
2: Vicious cycle. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's just it's so disappointing. You know, it's like you reach a point of no return, which we kind of are with this team. And a lot of people are. It's like, I don't know, kind of like I don't know where they go at this point. It's it's so difficult to figure out. You know, we can try to pave creative pathways to go this way or that way or another way. And the and the, and the reality is they're not going any of that. They're doing any of that. They're staying put. And, you know, if something falls into their lap, great. If it doesn't, then it's status quo. And like, that's so not fun as a, as a pro sports team to watch a team operate that way. It's like you're watching, you know, your 401k. Like, <laughs> I, I don't, well, I mean, that's in the tank now, but at least it's, you know, hopefully it goes back up <laughs> soon enough. But that's what this team is operating as. Like, you need to be more creative with how you're how you're doing things. It's hard to watch it. It's it's just they're they're interesting for all the wrong reasons, I guess, you know, for things like Provorov and Jim McCross in the lawsuit and major injuries that are keeping their players out for years at a time. But like that's not the stuff you want to talk about. You want to talk about a team that's that's building towards something that, you know, might make some mistakes along the way, but has has some great foundational pieces that they can that they can build off of and grow together. And it's just I can't get my mind. I haven't seen an organization do this in my life. I am just, I am so discombobulated with where they are and what they're trying to do.